Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Monica Austin, a local country artist who recently opened for Winona Judd at the Rust Belt, and whose next concert performance will be at the River Music Experience this week on Wednesday, March 4th. Welcome, Monica. Thank you for having me. That must have been quite an experience performing the opening act for Winona Judd last week. What, what was it, what was it like for you up there on that stage? You know, it's funny. I've I've been performing for a really long time, and so. I knew that I was going to have a lot of family and friends there, and, and they know all the songs. And so in my mind, it was going to be really neat to see Winona, but the opening was going to be just like any other gig, and uh, that was not the case at all. I was not prepared for uh, how loud my family can scream <laughs> <laughs> and uh, singing all the original songs and stuff. It um, It was definitely much different than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was this the biggest crowd you've played for as a solo artist? As a solo artist, yeah. Um, you know, I've sat in with some other bands at some pretty large venues and festivals and things, and I did competition choir when I was younger, but to be a solo artist and sing in my original songs, this was for sure the biggest crowd, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of variation within the country genre. How would you describe your music and your sound? Um, I, I think at the core it's – what I would think of as traditional country, but I mean, I was born in the eighties, so I grew up with nineties country. And, um, so it's traditionally, it's got a, you know, good backbeat and some good guitar solos and, and, uh, piano in it and telling stories and as big of vocals as I can make them. So, um, so then you mix in a little bit of rock and a little bit of blues and a little bit of soul and, at the heart of it, it's it's kind of like 90s country is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You play some covers, but you've been also writing your own music lately. Yes. Yeah. I actually started as a writer um, really young. And, you know, in school you do young authors and those types of things. And I got a lot of recognition for poetry. Um, I had really bad social anxiety as a kid. So I didn't actually start performing in in front of a crowd until I could make it through an audition without crying, <laughs> which was probably my junior year of high school. And then, uh, you know, I think of once I got that first taste of being able to make it through a song, it, it kind of took off from there. Mm-hmm. And that high school was, was right here in Moline. Yeah, in I went Quad to Moline Cities. High School. Yeah, with the directed inquire by uh, the illustrious Mr. Ron May. And there's a there's a really beautiful story about Ron May and how he kind of nudged you towards singing country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I said, I, I was kind of, I had some stage anxiety and I was an alto. I don't know if you can, you know, I have, I have a lower speaking voice, um, but I belt because I listened to Winona and Martina and that's how I taught myself to sing. And there's not a lot of room for that in choral singing. You know, the soloists are the real pretty high singing sopranos that don't really stick out from the crowd. And so I was trying out for the, I don't know, 176th solo I tried out for, and it was just me and Mr. May. And I was trying out for a a male solo because it was low enough I could sing it well. And he stopped playing. He looked at me and he said, Monica, have you ever thought of being a country singer? And I said, every day, Mr. May, every day. And, uh, you know, came next year, senior talent show. I tried out and I did a country song and it was great, but... That was a affirmation from him that just because I didn't fit quite the part of the choral solos, 
that I still had a place in music and his opinion meant a lot to me. Mm-hmm. People can be so – they can play such pivotal roles in our lives and, and uh, that story I think really exemplifies that. You also, it sounds like, developed a close relationship with Ellis Kell. Yes. At River Music Experience. Yes. So um, when I was 21, the RME was a brand new thing. And it was something that, you know, we'd never had in the Quad Cities. It was different. Everyone that worked there just seemed so cool. And, you know, I wanted to be a part of that. So I actually applied to work at uh, Mojo's, the coffee shop there. And, man, I thought I was the coolest 21-year-old with my little pink hair and my lip ring and all that. And so then when they did open mic nights... I'd get up and I'd make a coffee and I'd get up and sing a little bit and talk to musicians and get their advice, um, ask them, you know, how do I put a band together? Uh, what do you think about the type of music I'm singing? What do you think about my originals? And I remember um, Ellis had asked me, he said, well, do you ever try blues music? You've got, you know, a rasp and a soul. And I said, well, no, not really. He said, all right, let me let me show you this song. And it was Stormy Monday, which I know now is like the most standard, you know, blues song you can learn. And uh, he messed around with the key and he said, all right, you're going to sing it in G, okay? And I was so used to belting everything, so I'm like, all right. So I start out and he no, 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 let's bring it down a little. And I remember I was singing it and he said, yeah, that's nice. Sing it just like that. And he's like, anytime you want, you you come play with me anytime you want. And uh, so through about a year that I worked there, he really um, guided me and gave me a lot of really valuable advice and pumped me up, you know. Um, so I carry that with me still for sure. Mm-hmm. So that was in your early twenties. When, when did you first start then getting up on stage and performing with a band and, and, um, how did you form your first band? So I, I did in that time period meet with a few different local bands and tried out some things. I'd get up and do four or five songs and, you know, be the little girl that bops around in the front. And I found out real quickly that I, I didn't like that. I didn't like being kind of the token girl in the band that's singing the songs that just fill in. Um, I wanted to, it sounds cliche, but I wanted to do something more meaningful. And uh, I I had moved away at the time. My son's dad was in the Marine Corps. And so we lived in North Carolina. And um, I did not start the band until I had moved back home. And my son was five. And I just kind of said, you know what, it's time to do it. My son's old enough. I don't feel too bad leaving him for a night or two. And I reached out and all of those people from the RME from years before said, what, you're starting a van? Yeah, let's do it. And so I I got it together really quickly. And uh, that first year we were booking, man, two or three nights a week for the whole first year as Fickle Philly and the Haymakers. Um, it was a lot of fun and uh, haven't stopped since. So it's been about seven or eight years. Yeah. So this has been years in the making. It just yeah. didn't happen overnight. Right. That's not, it's not like a lifetime movie, you know. Um, it was a lot of hard work and a lot of venues and a lot of, a lot of musicians swapping in and out, but um, we're, we're doing some stuff now. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of artists, they, um, you're not able to, do this full time. Somehow you manage to balance raising <laughs> raising a family, three kids. You work full time in marketing, yeah, and still have time to write and perform. Yeah, um, there there had been a, a period of time when it was just uh, my my oldest son and myself. I was a single mom for a while, and there was a period of time when I was playing music full time for about six months, um, and I was able to make it work. And then uh, since then, I've got a, a husband and 
two more little bitty ones. They're only one in four now. Um, so yeah, I, I work in marketing full time Monday through Friday and I do all the mom stuff. I do baseball games and, you know, late night with the baby and, and all that. And you still got to fit in family and friends. But I think, uh, when people ask, how do you do all that stuff? I think if I didn't have the band, I might go a little crazy. You know, it's like a therapy and a, and a let loose and all that all in one. And plus I want to set an example for my kids just cause it's hard. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're passionate about something, you got to find a way to make it work. So we're finding a way to make it work. (laughs) Were they able to see you with the Rust Belt? So my, oh, this almost makes me choke up thinking about it. My oldest son is 12. And uh, when he was five, we we were just making dinner together and I was singing and he said to me, you know, mommy, why aren't you on the radio? And and, and I think that's when I realized I, I wasn't, I was trying to do everything I thought a mom should do be there every waking minute and, you know, do all that. And, and I realized I wasn't setting the example that if you have a dream about something, you should do it. And so the fact that he got to be there and I remember looking out in the crowd and he's wearing a Monica Austin sweatshirt and he's standing up and his, you know, arms are raised and, and he's not even a country music fan. Like he'll tell me all the time how terrible the music is. You know, he's, he's a 21 pilots and (laughs) ACDC. He's a rock guy. Um, but he was telling everybody, that's my mom, that's my mom, you know, so it was pretty amazing to have him there. Yeah. You recently released your first EP and this happened the same week, essentially as, as your Rust Belt performance. And there were four original songs that you released. What, what was your inspiration in writing those? Um, so the songs that I write, I, I try to, I think a lot of people, when you listen to music on the radio, you hear things that everybody can relate to, Right. Uh, they try to write songs that the most amount of people that can relate to, so the most amount of people can buy them. And um, my inspiration in music was those songs that were about something that I didn't think anyone else related to. Those times in your life when you think, oh, man, I'm the only one going through this. Or, oh, man, this is my personal story. And so I write the, write songs about those kind of aha moments in life, those little bitty things that you know you'll never forget. And in doing that, I found that there's a lot of people that do relate to those things. And I think that's what's helped get so much traction from the originals is people saying to me, like I said to other artists, oh, man, I didn't know anyone else went through that. Um, so that's really that's really where I get my inspiration, those, those moments in life when you think, man, I don't know if anyone else has gone through this, but I think I need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And you recorded that in right here in the Quad Cities. Yes, with Dustin Cobb at uh, Joy Avenue Media right over in Bettendorf. And, um, man, he was super accommodating because I came to him in maybe November and said, hey, I've got this show in February and I need to have this done by then. And uh, thankfully, you know, he was able to work it out with us that we could have it on hand. Mm-hmm. How do you then, once you've made an EP, how do, do you get that music out on streaming services? So uh, the distributor that we chose had an option for digital distribution. So essentially you just pay for it, you know, and you've got to register things and copyright things and get a UPC code. And there's all the back end stuff that goes into it. But essentially you just say, hey, I want my music available and you pay them a fee and then they do it. Mm-hmm. So, Is there a, a part of you that performing as a country artist fulfills? I mean, not, not, just, not just writing the stories that you were telling about, describing your experiences, but, but getting up there on stage and singing your, your heart out. You, you'd, you'd implied that that was 
there, there was something essential yeah. uh, to you. So when I was in high school, um, I was in foster care. And as a part of that, my mom put me in therapy. She's like, you've been through some stuff. You need to go talk to someone. And man, I was also a smart kid. I was in AP classes and whatever. So I had a little bit of that teenage, you know, I thought I was goodwill hunting. Like, I don't need this therapy. You can't make me talk. And so it works for a lot of people. and It didn't work for me. What did work for me was if I was angry about something and I I didn't have the strength within me to tell someone I was angry, if I could get up and sing a song and just belt it out and be angry, I could get it out. Or if I was sad about something and I could find a song to sing that I was sad, or if I was in a bad mood and I just needed to bring myself up to sing something that was happy, it's 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 transformative you know, um, for someone who's not really good with their emotions to be able to, to channel it into music. And I don't think that's uncommon. You know, I think that's pretty natural, but for me, it's kind of my only outlet. So I got to do it. Yeah. I understand some people ask you because you've been such a, um, solid performer in, in our region for a while. They ask you if you want to try out for some of the national competition shows. What, what do you say to them? So um, it kind of goes back to why I started my own band. Um, during that time period when I worked at the Army, I did go do an American Idol, American Idol audition in Chicago. And I also have a theater background. So I found out really quickly when I was there that as much as, you know, it's TV, as much as people want to feel like it's a talent competition, it's it's a casting call, right? And so... I met in the three days that I was there so many people that were far more talented than I was and that had amazing stories. And I understood that the people that were chosen were chosen for a plot line on a show. And a lot of them try to sell the story, right? And I've got a story. And and there were three or 400 people in the Rust Belt the other night that know it. And that's why they were screaming so loud. But... For me, if I can't be successful with my music by telling that story in song, if I've got to say, oh, look at what I came from and get like sympathy, you know, shows that that's not what that's not what I want to do. My music is is supposed to be empowering. It's supposed to be uplifting. It's supposed to let you know that even though I'm writing stories about these things that might make you sad when you think about it, the stories are also telling you that man, I did something with it anyway. And um, so so those platforms are great for some other people, but I don't want to be a singer that signs a contract and has someone tell them what to sing and how to sing it. I want to sing my songs. So I'm going to stick with the band. Those competitions are not the healthiest in, in, in many ways. I think they're fun for audience members to watch, but they're not always the best for the performers. I, I 100% agree. I think... Um, when you pit artists against each other, it becomes toxic. You know, it creates animosity. It creates people who feel like they have something to prove or that they're better than or or for the person who doesn't win or the person who doesn't make it on, it somehow makes them think that they're not talented or that they don't have a voice or that they don't have something to share. And that's not right. I mean, if you take like the Tom Petty's of the world and put them on the voice, they're not getting chair turns, you know. But the man could write a song and look how successful he was. So I don't care if you're an R&B artist or a pop artist or a rap artist or a country artist or I don't care what kind of artist you are. 
if you're an artist, you just need to do what you're going to do. And uh, you'll find people that that have something in common that want to listen. And you had mentioned earlier about how when you were writing these stories that you felt that you were expressing something that was unique to you. Yet then you found out later that there are many other people who share – who shared a somewhat similar experience that could relate to that story. And that is so true. Creepy similar. I mean I've got a a song that I wrote called Mamas Don't Leave and it's talking about how, you know, when I was 10 years old, my little brother was so confused. He thought I was his mom. And as, you know, people came to take me out of my mom's house, he's telling me, Mama, don't leave. I'm 10. You know, I'm like this little two-year-old baby. I'm like, I'm not your mom, and I have to go, and I can't stay here. And um, and it goes through how, as an adult, I had a son, and I'm watching him grow up, and I'm thinking of my brother wondering, man, what happened to him? You know, did he get, a, did he get to do Christmas like this, like my son does? And I went back to try to find him, and... It it wasn't a good thing, but I got to kind of tell my mom off, and I do that at the end of the song. And I've had several people tell me, yeah, I had to leave home when I was 10, when I was 11. I took care of my little brothers. I'm a good mom now, you know. It's amazing how we go through things that we think no one else understands, that there are a lot of people who understand and, and, and will reach out to you and will lift you up. And so it's a sad song, kind of, but it's uplifting, and it brings people together. That's what I'm trying to do. Well, great, Monica Austin. Thank you so much for talking today. Thank you so much for having me. Local country artist Monica Austin and her band recently opened for Winona Judd and the Big Noise at the Rust Belt. If you missed that performance, don't worry. You can catch her this Wednesday, March 4th, at the River Music Experience in Davenport. The winter Live at Five performances at RME are every Wednesday at 5 p.m. and are free of charge. Monica's full performance schedule can also be viewed online at monicaaustinmusic.com. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities, for WVIK. And push him on the swings, you didn't do a Mamas don't leave. Mamas don't leave. Mamas don't. Mamas don't leave.